to Bad Bitch Hysteria Radio. And the show starts now. Oh my god. Guess who it is? It's just me, Kimber. And for those of you who have separation anxiety, Chi-Chi is with us. Literally, not in spirit, but like here, present in the studio. But... We're going to have a good time and see how long it is before I derail the entire show. Um, So I'm here with the lovely Julia. She was with us at our FEMC Super Scythe that took place on August 3rd. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Julia's like this magnificent being. Tell the people who you are for those that don't know. Sure, I am Julia. That's the tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, hi, I'm Julia. I'm uh, an Italian girl in uh, New York City, swimming in this beautiful jungle. And uh, I'm Italian-Brazilian. And uh, what can I say? Uh, Did your accent is the shit. And like (laughs) she has this gorgeous skin and beautiful eyes. And she's just out here turning it out and making a life for herself. You know, (laughs) that's what's up. How long have you been in New York? I've been here three years. Have you changed your mind yet? Uh, Actually, no, I really like it here. I feel like it's home. That's nice for you. Yeah, I feel like it's home. It's very inspiring. So, yeah. That's what's up. I wish I still had the same sentiments. I've been here all of my life, (laughs) and I am the most bitter New Yorker there is. I don't even have Brooklyn pride or whatever the hell it is. Girl, tell us about you. We're sitting here with (laughs) the champion, our... Popping off pink, supreme queen. She slayed and slewed and took home the grand prize, Miss Reggie Angelou. Girl, what are you about? What have you been doing? What did you do with the prize money? Like, tell us everything. What's been going on? Yeah, I can't wait to tell you what I'm all about. (laughs) So I am Reggie Angelou. So I started off... um, I started off doing poetry because I just started doing rap and, and performing in this way a few months ago. So um, I think that, you know, when you're doing poetry and spoken word, people want to be all into you. They're like, mm, yeah, what you saying? I want to hear that. Right. But when you're rapping, people are like, impress me. You know, they're yeah. like, oh, I don't know, impress me. So it's, I think it felt, it felt good for me to start off in a space where I'm like, people want to hear me. And um, for a while, I did think that I, I would be as a rapper. I would be looked at, kind of cross, like kind of sideways. Like, what, what are you doing? You don't follow the aesthetic. Like, what, you don't. Follow you don't have exactly. a leotard and a Chinese yeah, bang. Yeah, what you yeah, doing? You're not looking. You know, this. We we think of female rappers that are popular and see the aesthetic, and their aesthetic is, it is like bad bitch supermodel, and and I love it. I appreciate it. I, I love to look at Cardi. I love to look at Nikki. I love to hear them also. Nikki's retired now. Also. She doesn't count. But anyway. Ooh. I guess we're going to talk about that too. But um, That's what I'm about. I, I just feel like when, when you start something new, if you're not afraid, then, then it really can't be new for you. You know, it really can't be something that you're 
getting into and and just giving your all if you're not afraid right, and i wasn't really afraid mm-hmm. when i first started so i did need my my safety nets by starting with um poetry and then after i got into poetry and people were so receptive i i branched out and i'm like okay i can rap now because people are feeling me so um i yeah i'm a rapper i'm a new rapper i'm a new rapper in new york city and I, i've been well receptive so. Absolutely. I never would have guessed that you were new. You're so polished and the way that you've managed to infuse, because I do understand that you have a career in education. So like you've managed to infuse like your professional, personal, I guess more like Clark Kent kind of life with mm-hmm. your actual rap career. You giving me video ideas right now. I mean, wow. <laughs> let's do this. Oh my but... gosh. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it, like, I was really blown away by you at the Cypher this past summer. Um, how did you feel about it? How was your experience? It what? was great. Yeah. It was it, great. I'm so I'm so thankful to have you guys, like, to bring a female super Cypher. I'm like, what? Like, I, I just never imagined and to yeah. invite me and to have such good positive energy. Everybody was feeling each other. Like, we were, we were all supportive of each other, and it's just like, Female rappers, I think that before getting into rap, I mm-hmm. thought that it was like nasty and competitive and negative, but it's, it hasn't felt like that at all. It hasn't felt like that at all. I've never, in, in person, I've never encountered a negative experience with another female rapper. And I've been um, looking for these experiences constantly. And every time I get them, it's always a good one. And, and the experience at the Super Cypher was amazing. Because y'all bought the energy, like you created the energy, you know, everyone was there to love each other and we did. Yeah, I was really thrilled at how everything came out. And it was a very supportive, collaborative effort. Shout out to everyone that was a part of it. And um, I hope you'll be back to defend your title next year. I will be back. All right now, that's what I'm talking about. So I do find it strange that... Today, we're not only looking at the anniversary of Bernie Mac's death today, but also seeing as though we are a hip-hop podcast, today is the anniversary of Tupac's death. Mm. Has Tupac in any way influenced either of you? Because, you know, I think he's a beautiful man, and I understand, like, the cultural importance, but not terribly familiar with him so what influence did he have on you as a rapper or you as a lovely fashionable lady sure oh sure i i think of tupac as a creative he was an actor Mm -hmm. and he was a character you know so beyond his medium beyond his uh rap as his medium he was a really well-rounded character um, I heard he did like ballet. Is that true? How true is that? That he did ballet, I can see him like or dance or something like that. Him. I've heard that. Tupac did ballet. That's I something I didn't be know. Surprised. Thugs yeah, on point. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of sentiment also that that Tupac was just an actor. Like kind of how people say, okay, Drake, his his biggest role and his best role Aubrey was being Drake, forever. right? Yeah. He's, it, like that's that's just an acting role for him. Like mm-hmm. it's not something that um, it's something he does well. Mm-hmm. And I think Tupac, the character of Tupac, was something that he did well. And I think it's a craft to study 
to be able to give life to a character and really embody the character and speak for a group of people that mm-hmm. you relate to, that agree with you, that connect with you, that want to follow you. That's what I think about Tupac, more than just his music, but his ability to give life to a character and be a avatar for people in some ways. An avatar, I'm crying. <laughs> I definitely appreciated um, his perspective on real life shit you know with like the relationship between men and women the mistreatment of just humanity as a whole black people as well julia how do you feel about tupac yeah like he was definitely a trendsetter Mm -hmm. when you know like in a time that mm, it's just in the united states hip-hop or rap was you know the big thing coming up so yeah. he definitely was one of the uh big personalities that came up and uh, came across also in other other countries and tupac honestly is like no matter how much time passes but he's one of the most remembered personality regardless of hip-hop or regardless of any other topics like of American cultures in, for example, Italy or Brazil, because yeah, I'm half Italian, half Brazilian, so I kind of get, you know, different perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> let's say so in music, but yeah, so definitely a trendsetter in his time and right now also. And uh, how is he received in Italy and Brazil? Differently, because get into it. Give me the shit. <laughs> how is it good or bad? So well. I would say, okay, let's start with Italy, which is, (laughs) I wouldn't say problematic, but it's really difficult to understand hip-hop or rap or, like, how it is perceived there, Mm -hmm. because it's not in our culture, so it is very difficult to get, like, the lyrics, the the message. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many people would uh, have an attitude like Dolores talker right so would say oh this is too profane or it's too direct because we have red wine and we're sailing on canals (laughs) and life is great and what about brazil i feel like they would be able to relate more closely considering stuff like city of god and like the artists that have come out of brazil exactly yes because like the culture itself the society it's already uh engaging with a reality that it's more like tough yes uh, you know real i'm shit. gonna be really disgusting and ignorant right now i gotta say one of my favorite words in the brazilian culture and i love to hear brazilian people say it is favela favela ah, i Eu love that favela. Minha família é da favela. Ah, i love that i love that so much oh, oh my gosh anyway um considering you know it being the anniversary of Tupac's death. You also mentioned someone that's very important that we should discuss right now, which is Miss Dolores Tucker. Um, in the 90s, I don't know if anyone's seen the series Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. It's very, very informative. It gives you the entire timeline of hip hop from, you know, like the very first, I don't know, like amateur cipher, like, you know, what we just did to the biggest moments in hip-hop and the icons that emerged and would later be considered iconic i feel like um tupac is in the ranks of like you know 
Marilyn Monroe and like Elvis mm-hmm. Presley in the sense that he's been immortalized, Bob mm-hmm. Marley, so on. Like, you know, those people that mm-hmm. die very young and do a lot. Um, but in this particular time period that Tupac was coming up, there was a lot of violence. You know, we know about the beefs that were going on between the West Coast and, you know, the East Coast or whatever coast. Um, and then we had people like Quincy, the amazing Quincy, speaking out about violence in hip hop and rap beefs. And amongst them was Dolores Tucker, who marched with Dr. King and didn't have a, she didn't look at hip hop in a favorable way. And I can agree because um, nine times out of 10, and I'm sure Chi Chi will co-sign I'm always always being that grandma that's just like why y'all gotta twerk all the time why can't you learn how to read why can't you yeah I'm that person I am um and I've always had it in my mind that hip-hop is just one of those things that undoes everything that civil rights leaders fought for civil rights leaders in my mind essentially fought to prove that black people were capable if not more than capable of excellence and dignity and all of the things that you know our oppressors think we you know think we are not um and in you know throwing the word nigga around and being the way we are from like what is it like freak nick and all that shit you know even now i feel like we are constantly undoing the groundwork. And I mean, in, a, in like, in one aspect, you know, we shouldn't have to prove anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, the world that we live in, we are held to like a different standard. So I could understand her standpoint on it. She was very anti hip hop, um, especially like regarding the messages and the language and the way um, black people were represented. And I can understand that because I feel like civil rights leaders were more, at least they tried to be more dignified and more and give like more of an educated kind of air about themselves, you know, so like to have a little bit more, I guess, pride and not be as like derogatory or be seen, you know, differently. Because we all know that nigger is nothing but a fictional creature made up by the racist white man. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? I, I think about... Um with that sentiment to think about how it, it seems like you said we have a responsibility to continue work to continue work in the same in the same vein that mm-hmm. civil rights leaders did but i think of it as so many different like civil rights leaders weren't artists you know right. they they had very specific jobs they had a very specific skill set that they developed to use in a very specific way and artists are different people to do different things for different purposes maybe for no other purpose than their own. Right. So I think about the audience and who hip hop is for and um I think that the audiences are very different. And and to make for C Dolores Tucker to have such a sentiment, it's really um I would say I would say it's it's such a place of privilege to come from. Interesting. To say that I, I have these ideas these these ideas with all of my access to power with all of my access to a platform and with my platform and with my people that's around me i want to tell you 
in, in your place that you can't do what, what you're doing because my people over here don't like it. They're just very different audiences and very different groups for different purposes. And um, I, I just think it's, it's akin to comparing um, a civil rights leader to a dancer or a civil rights mm -hmm. leader to a painter. And, and why, why do we do that? I mean, is it because hip hop is so successful? You can't have these successful young black people with so much voice saying what they want because if it was something unknown, then it would be okay. We can, we can allow you to do what you do as long as you're not too successful. But once you have a platform that encroaches upon um, our privileged platform, then we cannot allow you to speak with your voice. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I think that's more so like the rebellion in you, which mm -hmm. I can understand. I'm an artist myself, but um, from my understanding, she wasn't coming from an oppressive standpoint, more of like a, you know, like when mom and dad don't want you listening to Lil' Kim's album you know i have a quote from her here where she says you can't listen to all that language and filth without it affecting you i've always said that music is a powerful thing it's energy that is being projected from one individual to another in this case the masses and music has a tendency to dictate the time and the mood and the feeling of generations so everyone right now is about a bag and fucking a rich ass scamming ass nigga till he has no more money and a bundle and a shoe. Mm -hmm. And that has done what in turn for all of us? And yes, there are different audiences, but hip hop has that wide, long range mm -hmm. where, you know, back when I was doing blogs at Dry Bar, you know, Becky and Susan were saying shit like lit and I'm getting thick now, you know, like it touches everyone and it affects everyone. And I think that her perspective wasn't so like prudish per se, like, you know, like, oh, bitch, my, my God. But just, you know, represent yourself in a more constructive way. Like maybe she had more of a a better outlook on like you know the older school the rappers advantage. like that's the privilege that that i recognize that mm -hmm. her advantage was different because i don't think that um tupac or any other artist that or two live crew or yeah anybody, i don't think that they were creating false messages i think they were representatives of a cohort that were just saying what was true to them and it was their truth and they right. were speaking their truth and they were artists that were representing their truth and then you have Dolores, C. Dolores Tucker or any other activist who was against it, who was saying, we don't want to hear your story. Can you speak more about my story? I'd like that to be represented. I would like my, my vantage point and what I think of the world, I would like that to be put out into the world. Um, and we could have a better future because of it. Mm. But the reality was they didn't have that story to tell. That's a fact. I mean, everyone has their own walk of life and their own way. But um, I, for one, do believe that uh, hip-hop, especially now, is kind of like junk food. Mm. It tastes good, and we like it, but it's not good to eat all the time. What if that's you only got corner stores in your neighborhood? I feel that, but you know, 
you gotta like learn what's out there try and strive i know it's more than likely difficult to see it because i grew up with a musician my father's a musician so i was exposed to a wide range of things from an early age that a lot of people even now don't know about so i get that not everyone has the same upbringing but at some point there's like a feeling i think that comes over you where you gotta want more than the chopped cheese and the and the whatever else at the corner store and you want to like get out there and see what else is out there for you because in a sense you're like denying all that you could be and in that your overall purpose for being here because we're all here for something right. at least that's just how i feel about it what do you think i actually would like to share a story please do and since reggie you are a teacher and I would like, yeah, so you know how educating young people feels like and how education has a great impact in everyone's life. And you as an artist, so you can get it what I'm about to say. So mm-hmm. when I was, yeah, I say, when I, I remember clearly when I was four years old, uh, I, was, I was a very, very expensive, like explosive kid. So I would dance all the time. I would sing and uh, when I was four years old it was the time that um, in kindergarten so back in Italy uh, we would learn English so little kids there learn that it's uh, mandatory to learn Italian and English so it was like uh, my first taste of English was in school but also with MTV and I remember clearly uh, like spending my afternoons uh, my mom cooking, my dad at work, and uh, I remember my mom just putting, you know, the TV, and between one con- cartoon and another, a Beyonce video would come up, mm-hmm. or any other art- American artist. I, I have this fantasy, like when I was little, oh, America is Beyonce, is <laughs> all these beautiful black, light skinned women that in Italy. Uh, duh, there's one, two, that's it, and yeah. like, they're not popping, like, my role model was only my mom, and like, my mom's friend and my family in Brazil that looked like me with big curls and everything, and that came like, in music too, so I remember spending my afternoons between one cartoon and another, seeing Beyonce, and like, these early 2000s videos, where like, the girls, you know, crop tops, and like, shaking their bodies, mm-hmm. and like, and I didn't understand any lyrics and like I was just repeating the words, repeating the words like sexy or stupid or yeah. something like that and I didn't understand even the N word yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know what was that yeah. but like um, so at a, like I would say fast forwarding six seven years old uh, I started like picking up what you know these little phrases were mm-hmm. meaning like the, the meaning of them and there was a certain point I remember that clearly I was singing this song I don't remember who was the singer but it was hip-hop mm. and I said like uh, something with uh, a bad like fuck or something ho or something like that yeah bitch oh yeah there was a bitch <laughs> it was yeah, a bitch I, I remember bitch. that yeah and my dad was scared <laughs> he got his eyes were like uh 
no yeah. uh, you, you're not gonna watch that channel anymore mm -hmm. so I remember that from that time he started like putting me more into classical music jazz music bossa nova more like melodic mm -hmm. not only european or italian but also like you know oldies from brazil and stuff and the funny thing is that as a kid i kind of picked up yes these styles here considered more classic yeah but also styles like when i would go to brazil because i used to spend some time between italy and brazil I would hear funky and funky is like um, soca, dance hall music mm -hmm. and I mean funky <laughs> it's all about butts mm -hmm. moving around and sex drugs and you know bam bam bang <laughs> yeah so I grew up with those two and uh, you know when I was yeah before coming here so again fast forward in 19 years old I grew up with this kind of dichotomy like bad and good mm -hmm. so I will listen this music because it's bad when I'm feeling angry mm -hmm. I will yeah. listen to this music when I'm feeling calm when I want to relax when I came here a lot like <laughs> I had a cultural boom impact mm -hmm. like oof, uh, shock and uh, for the first time ever like I had the chance in college with uh, many like the Black Student Union, uh, many, many Caribbean friends that I have, mm, haven't had, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, like I, I understood the meaning behind also and the messages behind the history behind the this angry bad music that right. I was, that I grew up with, so I un and then I understood, I understand now why they say Oh, why they say, you know, this there is this speci specific tone in this music with these singers, artists, and uh, you know, twerking is a cultural thing. It's not just you know about shaking, flapping the ass around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there is a whole story behind it, and so I think that I kind of understand Dolores. Dolores was, you know, like, oh, I don't like like the music affects you since when you're a kid like you need to understand what is good and what is bad and like if something is filthy as a kid you will pick it up oh it's filthy it's bad so mm -hmm. i'm gonna say that you know how kids right. are like oh that's bad huh? i'm gonna do that <laughs> right. because it's bad yeah. but like i think that you know i see her point of view but i also see like rap has you know or hip-hop every genre but hip-hop specifically has an audience specific audience that cannot be like the same of a civil rights activist so there is an education behind everything i think absolutely uh, i mean there are definitely different denominations of hip-hop there are more conscious rappers out there but i think you know sitting here and listening to both of your perspectives that ultimately we have to learn to separate human experience from categories um, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm a pretty big conspiracy theorist, and I do believe there is an Illuminati with an agenda somewhere <laughs> out there to make us all empty, materialistic, 
over-sexualized heathens. Mm -hmm. So for me, a lot of the music that gets played, the same songs that get played every four, Mm -hmm. every four songs on the hour, it's all influential and it does. It's, It's no different from the food you eat. Music does affect your mind it's words it's sounds um and depending on how deep of a listener you are you can begin to associate things feelings people shapes colors with the things that you hear and take in so i do think that's important to consider um and i do think that the industry has it out for us and speaking of i've been saying since what season one that Nicki Minaj is being put out to pasture oh, of course. and she has of course finally she retired mm. how do you feel what are we thinking I, I saw it coming I think this is the best way for her to bow out because that hot girl summer was pretty lukewarm you thought so yeah babe that little that little that little video that came out after labor day not like while everyone was hashtagging it what like at the peak of you know like capital you know like i feel you i feel you like just from a marketing standpoint that video should have been out like maybe within 48 hours of the live that they did yes. together. Mm-hmm. Just yes. say. Do you think it was really unplanned? I don't care. I care. Okay. I, I want to know well, if it's genuine. You care. I, I want to know if it's genuine. I mean, I could believe that they were probably texting each other and they were yeah. like, oh, girl, let's go live or however they talk life. to each other. Everyone lived for it. I was just like, oh. <laughs> Well, and just rolled over and went back to watching Matlock. I'm just in my own world, yes. But um, I I think it was real. I don't think it was planned. Because if it was planned, then everything would have been dropped more, you know, in a subsequent way, like how April Jones and Lil Fizz and all of this, and now it's on Love and Hip Hop. It would have been more strategic. So I do think it was real. I think it was real too. I wanna, I wanna believe that it was real. I wanna believe that Nicki is, is supporting the next generation of female rappers. Genuinely. I wouldn't put that much on her, but <laughs> you can have your. I wanna believe it, you know, because I love Nicki. I think she does. I, I think she does. I mean, <laughs> she wouldn't have, you know, collaborated with Megan otherwise, or like. Because she hasn't had a number one talk about it i mean why wouldn't she because because meg is definitely she's that bitch shit. right yeah. now meg, she is. what and she's, she's out here giving you a vocal yeah. a mm-hmm. live vocal and dancing yes she's hitting on everything mm-hmm. that yes. incredible mm-hmm. and the fashion twerk also. in the neon mm-hmm. right. in the yeah. neon like right. stripperella outfit yeah. Yeah. i was here that for was it yeah like you know she's out here so why wouldn't nikki do it yeah i mean i i well about her retiring Mm -hmm. i i feel like when you are playing a game Mm -hmm. you can only it doesn't matter how much talent you have how good you are how, how smart you are if there are people who are orchestrating the game 
who have the rules and have all the cards in their hands and are making all the decisions and they're deciding that you're not going to win. And that's, I definitely agree. That's been happening for Nikki Yeah, for she's a being while. put out to pasture yeah, for sure. She's, somebody's decided that she's not going to win. Yeah, everyone's like, she's reason. 40 almost. Ooh, Get her yeah. out of here. Is that what happens? That's just like the kind of vibe I was getting mm. just looking at it, you know, but... Um, I do think she could have reinvented herself more and more quickly. Yeah. You know, because if you could have Beyonce, they're about the same age, and Beyonce's just hitting that shoulder shimmy. But she comes from another. In the stadiums. Background. Of course, but that's what I mean by reinventing, you know? Mm -hmm. Because Nikki has shown that she could sing and a series of other things. At any point, she could have just got off just left the dream house left the barbie dream house and just evolved more do you think there was anything she could have done differently in her career do you think her retirement is appropriate or is it too soon no i think it's appropriate i, I think i think whatever she wants to do whenever however is appropriate do what the fuck you want says nikki you got a real one right here <laughs> you got a real one right for here. all of them though for <laughs> all of them. i'm oh i hate i hate the i hate the the beef what is it the barbies and the what's the cardies whatever they are i don't know i think i think bardi bardi the bardi gang right yeah it's just like we can support all of them all of them are shit my thing is stop with the tweets and whatever else buy Mm -hmm. the music stream the music buy mm-hmm. cardi's fashion nova shit <laughs> and maybe if you had just paid a little bit okay. more attention to your fave nikki wouldn't be retiring now and she'd have a bigger pension yeah the i, I think that money is the biggest factor right because mm-hmm. I, I i it was recognizable for me when nikki's money changed like when the industry stopped they started playing with her money mm-hmm. i could see that mm-hmm. i saw that happen with her videos and i was just like mm-hmm. Oh looking a little indie there <laughs> the videos were looking real indie the hot girl summer video looked indie. i mean i'd be into indie mm-hmm. i'd be into that love indie but, but for indie artists yeah. <laughs> but indie artists you know not just industry like, <laughs> when you bring the creativity and all these other things to the table mm-hmm. and and create your own lane and create your own way like that's the best indie but it seems like nikki was trapped in this this middle point where she was industry but didn't have the industry support and then she couldn't flex up the creativity of an independent artist and, and she was just stuck in this middle ground so mm-hmm. these are her terms like I, I appreciate her going out on her terms and saying like, this right. is what I want to do right yeah. I definitely want more than anything for her to just bow out and not be like you know taken out to pasture and just mm-hmm. pow just shot in the head a, like a legacy or like a, a real great input mm-hmm. for many many other artists and uh, I think that she always uh, correct me if I'm wrong but she always uh, has supported education right like going to school <laughs> Not to my knowledge but that's wonderful <laughs> like I, I remember this and I think that she could have done more in that department I don't know like there was this story I think two years, one year ago, that she paid, uh, or she proposed to pay uh, some people, some, yeah, some people tuitions for college. That's cute. Or like, but I could have... Can we get a follow-up? Did she do that? Yeah, can did we Google? Pay- oh, I think I'll she Google. did. did she, she did? Okay. Wow, I'll Google ahead. it now. I think she did. We'll confirm. There was like a whole Twitter asshole. thing. 
And uh, I think, yeah, I think she could have done more in that department because I see that Megan is like, she, did she graduate college? I think or she graduates in December. That, uh, right? That's uh, that's what I understand, yeah. like, loosely. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, there are many female artists or especially female artists that, you know, they put, now they put their education and their artistry and like they go, you know, together. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's admirable that because many people think, oh no, first education and then you do whatever you want. Why cannot you do all together? You right. Know? Yeah. Why cannot you do? Can we hashtag that? Why it. cannot you do? I'm here for that. And <laughs> it is confirmed that as of 2017, she paid off some student loans yes, and then continued on with her initiative in 2018. So Nicki Minaj is a decent human tweet? being. Can you, no? Can you, my you know, something. I've got student loans. This credit is Mom, sitting sideways. Good for yeah. you. Mom. There was, just so y'all know, there's a teacher loan forgiveness program where you teach for five years, right? In a Title I school, which is like the most difficult schools in America because they're under-resourced and have all the difficulties. 98% oh. of people that applied for student loan forgiveness under that program did not get it, were denied. I was denied seven times before they finally gave it to me. That's, it's like, it's like a scam. It's like yeah, the federal you see, government is no, scamming me? You're That's not going to have me out here playing to sir crazy. with love to these horrible children. <sighs> getting beat up and all this shit just for you to tell me you're not gonna like no but it's it's our government are we really shocked i trusted them a little bit more i'm so sorry I tried a little bit more trust i had trust no but eventually no. they came around and i got it on that eighth try so. Eighth time's a charm. <laughs> Perseverance. So considering now, looking at the length of like Nikki's career, and I do feel like um, a lot of female artists out now have a very short shelf life. What do you see for yourself going forward with your rap career? What are your goals? Like, what do you want to do, girl? I'm scared of entertainment. I just want to be an artist. Word. I just want to create. I want to be free to create. I want to have my own true expression. Like I'm not. I have my my salary is is good for me. You know. I'm, okay. I'm really comfortable with with my career, and and I want rap to be my art. I don't want to be adulterated. I um, feel that one thousand percent. Thank 1, you. One thousand percent. It don't gotta be thank a thing. You. It's just yeah. a thing. Everybody's also your personality. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. yes. I, I just wanna do. I wanna do me forever. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's my that's my goal to myself to be able to do me forever. And, uh, Damn it, you about to make me flip this table. <laughs> I feel that. That resonated 1,000%. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so it's, I mean, um, I, I think as, as weird as I want to get with myself, as, as many tiny crevices as I want to explore and mm -hmm. who I am and what I can do, um, I, I doubt they'll all be marketable. Like, I, I doubt someone will say, we'll see Why all is these that? things. Because the market is already decided in a lot of ways. Like there, there's a prototype that that people with money expect you to fit into before they invest. I mean, we so have people unique. like freaking Lil Nas X out here yeah. singing right. about boot scooting right. up right. some Oregon Trail. You right. know, at, at this also, point, it's over for yeah. the for the types. Mm. Yeah, 
Look at Rico Nasty also, she's all this new gothic uh, young girl, like I feel like she's just infinitely in cosplay mm. and yeah, I just right? want her to model but I, that's I, just the momager in me I get I feel like when you think of like who was someone's inspiration you say Lady Gaga Madonna you know mm-hmm. Beyonce I'll say Tina Mm. I think Smash Mouth was <laughs> was Rico Nasty's inspiration. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I'm like, wow, this is or maybe Smash even garbage. Mouth she gives me like a little was. garbage vibes too, yeah. mm. like with that like plastic, grungy, mm-hmm. sexy rock and roll kind of thing. So Reggie, you are a type. You are you. you. I'm my type. Yes, I'm my type. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, where are we at now with time? It's time. Okay. We have time. How much time? Okay. Well, in any case, um how was your summer? My summer was a hot girl summer. Oh, it was. Lord. It was a hot girl summer. Like I, I really appreciate. I don't know how y'all define hot. I think let's let's all have our hot. I guess is doing everything you want to do, yeah. right? Yeah, that's what I was doing. That's what I was doing this summer. Everything I wanted to do. I did a music festival mm-hmm. in Charlotte. It was Charlotte's first mm-hmm. outdoor music festival. It was great. Yes, Fulonia. Fulonia was the first one and I was one of the organizers and we're gonna do it every year. It's it was so great um, I recorded two music videos this summer like my first videos ever and I loved both of them. I collaborated with three artists um, with Jonna Booth with uh, Nicole Sylvester um, With oh, something else that's with keeping on the rap so I'll talk about it another time But okay. I've just been doing things that I've never done before so where can we see more of you like going forward where are you going to be next what's the next upcoming show like what's happening what's up i'll be out here okay um (laughs) are you still doing spoken word i am yeah and i i I really like there's a cafe the new yorkian poet yeah i love that it's such a great place yes i've painted there a couple of times okay Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's just such a good energy i mean i go there often i don't um i have a manager now and she's awesome so i think we we work together well to just respond to things a lot of people have been reaching out to me and I'm like, yes, whatever. If you're interested in me, I'm interested in you. So right. I'm like, let's do it. I like but that philosophy. I'm not actively like looking for things because, like I said, I work 98 million hours a week at this school. But I, I, I really appreciate the opportunities that have been coming to me, and and people are so good. I just to explore my artistry has reconnected me with the idea that humans are great. And I just want to be amongst humans and amongst people that that have such good energy and just feel what they feel. Just whatever they're giving me, I just want to receive it. That's such a nice sentiment. (laughs) How was your summer, Julia? My summer was tired girl summer. (laughs) (laughs) It was hot, but tired also. And (laughs) I mean, by tired, I mean that... I didn't have time to do exactly what I wanted to do, let's say that, mm-hmm. but because it's my last year of college, so Congratulations! I had to do it. Yes. Finish line in sight! <laughs> 
So I had to do my internships. Oh yeah. Uh, read my books, and you know, reading is good, but you know, sometimes when you have to read, you know, books for school, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. But I loved this summer because honestly, I took time to feel. And like feel my feelings mm. and be in my own space, and uh, I took time to listen to music the way I wanted to mm. interact in the city, and I had a great opportun many great opportunities. First of all, with you guys, <laughs> with the cipher, <laughs> yay, <laughs> yes, and uh, also I, uh, I, I was based in Queens, and. Uh, uh, I worked a lot with uh, uh, this host. Uh, she's a YouTuber and actress, Victoria Bermudez, and uh, I helped her a lot in uh, in hosting many events, many male ciphers mm. and uh, rappers, but also you know live music. So that made me understand more the New York music life. That awesome. was really interesting, ba mostly based in Queens and Brooklyn, but also in Manhattan. Nice. So that was really reinvigorating. And yeah. And earlier, before we got on camera and started our lives together for these few hours, um, Reggie mentioned self-care being a part of her summer. And that is a big thing that we always try to incorporate in Poppin' Off Pink because we care about you. Me, not so much, but we care <laughs> about you. And we always want to try and incorporate a nurturing aspect of hip-hop, especially for industry figures. And I think it just happened that way because it's a female podcast. Mm. But what are some forms of self-care that you both practice and how frequently do you practice them oh i have my ting sha chimes i think <laughs> i left them in my office i wish i could bring them because they even even through a microphone they i think sonic energy is so real we're gonna and have to have you back to do that yes yes and I, i'm actually when i'm not gonna chance i'm gonna look because i have two pairs maybe i have an extra one in my bag but um, I have my Tingsha chimes. I share them with my students every day. It's like, okay, at the end of the day, at the end of this, you know, space that we're sharing together, I'm going to ring these bells. They're so receptive. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll be quiet with me. Just I love that. Just taking the time to be quiet. We don't be quiet together. That's weird, right? Mm -hmm. But students are like, um, okay, I'll be quiet with you. <laughs> That's so cute. And they allow me to ring my bells for them and... They, you know, they'll go through all my little steps. I'm like, be aware of your feet and your shoes. Be aware of your hair on your head. Be aware of the sounds in the room, the sounds outside of the room. Be aware of these things. You're like, wow, I never tested my awareness before. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, these kids, they live in Bushwick. They're, this, the experience of meditation and just um, consciousness, it's something that they're being taught now. Mm. as 17, 16, 17, 18 right. year olds, something that's, that's new so to important. them to be that's just so conscious. Important. Yeah, well, yes. Bushwick is kind of like, at this point, the capital of like reinvention. Like they're doing urban farming out there. They're getting a lot more into like, you know, mm -hmm. community-based things. So that's wonderful that you can bring that to them. 
You know what? Honestly, it's it's definitely there, but it doesn't seem like it's accessible to them. It it's not seem like it's something that they that's that's a part of their lives. It's not, and it isn't. But it's you know it's getting there slowly but surely. Up. Yeah, like it's it's, it's coming up out there. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What do you do for self care? I write a lot. Mm-hmm. I swim often. I walk. And uh, I walk my ass off too. <laughs> At least this is my mantra. Like this summer, after my trip to LA, where I walked a lot because it was my first time there, I didn't know (laughs) that LA distances are very, very different from New York distances. So Mm -hmm. I walked a lot and I didn't know about Uber, Lyft, culture, Mm -hmm. and so yeah. (laughs) But after that trip, I said to myself, you know, June 1st, we're gonna start my type of hot girl summer at Mm. least every day i want to do more no less more than ten thousand steps yes okay so yeah i started buns on fire (laughs) and so i started walking 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 now my average is i would say 15 16. Mm. Wow. Yep. Getting it. I like and that. Water. Drink your water. You guys have That's such like care. healthy, constructive, beautiful <laughs> practices of self-care. As always, I advise a healthy spliff, a drink of your choice, waking up whenever you feel like it, a badass skincare regimen. Yeah. You know, if you want to work out, I don't always want to work out. But if you want to work out, work out, you know? I can see all of these things on you. Like, you look so calm. Your skin is so calm. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I can see oh, all of it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. If you only knew. I'm actually a disaster. <laughs> My brain runs at, like, 150 miles per hour. There are frequent collisions. Uh, but I'm doing my best. I appreciate your best. Yes. And I appreciate really your best. God damn it. It's been wonderful having you both with us. Reggie, please let our wonderful audience know where we can find you. If you have any live performances coming up, if you have any poetry coming out, if you have a book, or if you're going to be, you know, like live again at some point, like what's next for you? Oh, I am not cool enough to go live regularly, but <laughs> <laughs> so I'm live right now because I'm like, oh, here's something that I can do and not actually have to figure out what to do. I can just put the phone up. It works. <laughs> well, to but. make things easier, like when when are your next like upcoming dates where people can see you? Um, you know. You have a cash app. Can people send you money for dinner? Like, what's going on? Hashtag Rockaway Reggie, of course. (laughs) Yes. I'm from Far Rockaway, and I I love repping Far Rockaway. It really feels like home to me. It's because it is home. Um, I think since I went to college, and then I went to grad school, and I was abroad a bit, and I came back, and New York was kind of um, distant to me. It it changed so much. Mm -hmm. But Rockaway is home. Um, and I always want to say that. I always want to shout that out. Even though I live in Brownsville, Far Rockaway is home. But my cash app is dollar sign Rockaway Reggie, R-E-G-I. Um, and I, I did a show last night, but I really don't think I have anything on the calendar for the next few days. I mean, for the next um, few weeks. And I only 
keep a month in advance in my mind but mm -hmm. we'll see um my if something does come up my website is reggie angelo r-e-g-i-a-n-g-e-l-o-u.com and um same thing for my instagram for spotify for everything else i do have new music coming out oh my god yes, music coming listen out. to her music so you can search reggie angelo um, and that's that's two separate names, the first and the last. Yeah. And what about you, Julia? Where can people find you? Where can people like send you money for lunch and school <laughs> books and things like that? So definitely, I'm uh, on Instagram uh, at uh, uh, at the curly flower uh, because. My curls are my petals. My petals are my curls. Okay, now. <laughs> and uh, so you can find me there. And also I have a blog. So if you want to read or share anything that you have on your mind. Uh, I write poetry. Mm. And fashion is my niche, my thing. And my blog is The Curly Flower. You can find it on Instagram, on my bio. And yes. I guess that's it. Okay. <laughs> Money, uh, I'm trying to be independent over here. So Ooh. I'm trying to make moves on my own. But yes. I mean, I'm Julia Baldini on Vemo, so you know. What's that last name? Baldini, B-A-L-D-I-N-I. -I. That sounds like a brand name. Julia Baldini. Yeah, hey, I need that to be a bag and a hey. perfume and a shoe, okay? Wow. Baldini. Baldini. Don't play around. I'm serious. <laughs> the second I make my first million, I'm funding your shoe line. Okay. Hell I'll yeah. Second million. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You already got two buyers. <laughs> well, it has been a lovely episode two, season three. Um, give us your money. You can send to She So Fly. That's C H I S O P. P-H-L-Y on Cash App. Fucking follow us if you haven't already. Don't be a degenerate. Show us love. We're on YouTube as well. Subscribe. Listen to the show. Um, whether you like us or not, we're open to it. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been real. And thank you both so much for being with us thank yet you. again. And, you know, more in the future. Have a great evening. <laughs> <laughs>